Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Biden unveils the foreign policy priorities for the war party. And that is what it is. I feel like the GOP and the Democrats have totally flipped with each other in complete accordance with my contrary law of democracy. You could not, I think Trump did put it over the finish line that the Republicans were not the more warlike party over the past couple of administrations. Well, I should say literally couple of administrations, Trump versus Obama on the surface anyway, from this, as far as I follow these things, Obama was much, much more warlike because he had cover of um, appearing to be someone who sympathizes with people of color in other countries, appearing to be somebody who sympathizes with with Islam, that kind of thing. He got away with way more bombing. Trump, who obviously had a lot of connections with Israel, you would expect, and he so um, did some things that were very provocative. You might have expected that he would bring the war with Iran, but I doubt he really could have gotten away with it. I mean, the Yemen stuff, that was no good, but I'll tell you some details about what Biden said yesterday. Yeah, let's hear it. He said he was a, I think he was at the State Department, maybe it was the actual Pentagon, but anyway, he he mentioned three specifics that I found interesting. One was, he said that they are withdrawing support for Saudi Arabia in their attacks against Yemen and Saudi Arabia and the Yemen guys, the Yemen guys in particular said it would be great. To get a solution here, that would be good. The Saudis want a political solution. And to me, the Saudis have absolutely no right to interfere in Yemen. So any negotiated position that Yemen might take with the Saudis is just capitulating to a foreign power that is bullying them, threatening them, killing them. I just don't understand how anyone can justify that interference. What they do is they say, oh, Iran you know, but if you are under attack, if you are threatened by one side of a bilateral world or a unilateral world, what are you going to do? You're going to go with the unaligned people or the other side. So it's a chicken or egg thing. And and speaking of Iran, that story is really rising. I heard today, I've heard every single solitary day. I listen to Fox Headline News. It's very brief headlines. There's a handful of headlines. That repeat every single day for three or four days already. I've heard a different story about Iran. Today, it was that 14 Iranians were apprehended, half men, half women, almost apprehended, uh, I guess, in Yuma near the Arizona border with Mexico. I guess Arizona has a little border with Mexico there. I should have looked at the map. But they said that eight Iranians were apprehended in all of 2020. And this dovetails with some immigration policy that we were hearing that that Biden is signaling kinder and gentler. So we should expect a lot more people coming through. Biden has upped the target for refugees to be 125,000. That's a lot, a lot more than Trump. So some of his immigration stuff made the news. They one pundit suggested Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador would all start sending more people. That was a big flag for me because that those were the three groups that Trump negotiated 
to have to for us to build stuff there. Like our foreign aid to them was contingent on them building like warehousing of people, border people, like people who wanted to move on. So I think this, a lot of Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador news is going to make it look like we've got to do something about the problem in a humanitarian fashion, which will just be continuation of Trump's policies. And I've got two more things. I just don't know how people don't see this humanitarian for the false front that it is. They and claim to be anti-war, but then it's like, well, they're killing a bunch of people, but it's humanitarian purposes, so it's okay. And then you kill the people or you economically disrupt them or like whatever our influence on their drug war, which was Operation Fast and Furious. And then it, it throws off refugees and terrorists, whatever that means into our country and then we have to accept them that's a dangerous situation that's controversial i mean of course the thing doesn't make any sense he also mentioned that navalny in russia must be released immediately and unconditionally and i just think that's funny because i I want putin to say oh okay well free ross that would be hilarious. Wouldn't that be great? You or, that. you know, take Edward Snowden back. Free Julian Assange. Yeah. So B- Biden went on to say the days to Russia, the days of poisoning its citizens are over. Well, that that was probably true 50 years ago. But to the extent that we act like Navalny was poisoned by Russia, what the hell does he plan to do? What is he suggesting? Violence? I don't know. It sounds like a threat to me, though. Why did the guy even go back? We've talked about this before. It seems like such a stage setup. I'm sure he's being run by us. If you go back and look, and and I found this stuff looking into Stacey Abrams' internship at Yukos Oil, which was a Kissinger thing, and it totally interfered with their politics. It meant to undermine their politics at the schools and stuff that you start pulling on threads and you see that our guys have been caught red handed influencing their politics over there. And there's no doubt in my mind, this is all part of that, especially since the story about this guy is not believable and it came out of out of us. So why wouldn't they just kill him too? Why is he in jail now when well, they previously tried to kill him? There was that the other guy who died in jail of whatever kind of like physical ailment and now we say that they killed him. I don't know. Like I can't really figure it out because Russia doesn't out all the psyops. They're definitely in bed with oligarchs. You know, yeah. like they're no heroes, but clearly we are messing with them. We act like we don't. We make a stink about it and then we treat it like they are doing to us what we are doing to them. And we have much bigger budgets for this stuff. We're in a much better position technologically and financially to mess with them. I just I, and it's hopeless there. It doesn't matter to them if Hillary or Trump wins or Biden, you know, for the most yeah. part. I mean, who knows? On the edge, like when you see like Trump doesn't promote the wars in the Middle East as much if the surface stories are to be believed for whatever reason, I don't think it's because he's Superman or Batman. I think that there are reasons for it. Part of them are to give us some feeling of credibility in the presidency. But whatever, like that's where I do think it matters who's in charge, who's won the election, because it's a reflection of what they how far they think they have to give us. And with Trump, I think they felt like they had to give us some relief from the constant warring. Now, Biden's back and the Myanmar, his his uh, what he said about Myanmar, that to me kind of puts it in a nutshell what we can expect from the war party under Biden and Kamala Harris. She seems like a warrior. Uh, he said 
that they need to, whoever's uh, took over the country, the code, they need to relinquish power, release detainees and restore the telecom blackout. And and Biden said that they we are prepared to impose consequences on those responsible. On the military responsible, the military. Yeah, I assume he means the actual military coosters and not China or even the U.S. or whoever's behind them. I don't get the gut feeling that we are behind it, but I wouldn't put it past us to, you know, the way we did with Egypt. We took out our guy. We put in a guy we kind of thought we could work with, Morsi, and that didn't work out. So we took him out in a military coup and put in al-Sisi, who was and there's evidence of this what i'm saying he was the first guys uh, i forget his name um but he was the number two with the original guy anyway so morsi slipped in there but ultimately all those machinations we were behind them and now we have another couple of decades of the same regime we had in there before who knows because myanmar has been a place of conflict a place of changing power i don't i haven't cracked the code on myanmar but i did notice that biden said something pretty i think that's pretty aggressive i expect to eventually hear a narrative about that that says along with other parts of the narrative, but that says that this is what happens. This example in Myanmar is what happens when QAnon sentiment about election fraud spreads worldwide. It or yeah, I, I wouldn't. That seems reasonable. The other thing that's similar concept is 2019 was I remember I don't know if I read it in Time magazine maybe hopefully we'll get to that story otherwise I'll have to talk about it next week who owns Time magazine how yeah. it falls into the unbelievable Rockfin video we just did we post it I'm gonna post it after the show awesome so they said 2019 was the year of the protester or was the year of protest and I remember thinking that was weird and again when I was doing some you you start investigating Stacey Abrams and like every door you open is like a you can peer into the yeah. back room of the deep state and one of them was hey you think that we allow that this protest is bad for our ultimate goals but you got to remember it's two steps forward one step back here so don't don't worry we can support these people and still get the world domination that we're after so when they talk about these protests it it may be that the 2021 version of that is going to be like the countercultural protest so the first protest was like human rights poor people sympathetic characters this one could be those dysfunctional subcultures bubbling up to the surface militaristic quote patriotic that's nationalism that's nazism so i hear what you're saying and uh uh i'm gonna raise you well, thank you for it. I'll call you <laughs> on, that, on that raise. This is as far as I go. I'm not a gamer <laughs> of any kind. Although hanging out with my mother, I mean, it's it's almost like I'm a disappointment because I'm just I'm really not great at going to the casino. Going to the, she's already got another plan for my son's 19th birthday. We're going to Saratoga. He's gonna love the races. Um, you know, and you gotta you gotta the, do it love because the she's, what the races. The horses. Oh, the races. Like my son, 
when he turned 18, my son with Down syndrome, she took us, she for, I mean, this is like in deep COVID lockdown. There, she found an 18, a casino that allowed 18 year olds. We took him there across country and everything was so crazy. And she's all teeing up the next round, which is his 19th birthday at the Saratoga racetrack. And I, you have to do it because she just turned 92. Like you need, she looks forward to this stuff. Like, I'm like, absolutely, for sure, whatever you want, ma. But anyway, so it's a, it's a little bit of gambling, but that was, <laughs> sorry for that. So, you know, it's Friday. I'm a little punchy. I'm looking forward to It's all to right. The I think we're all a little, little punchy today. There was a new campaign ad released for the 2022 campaign. The Democrats released a campaign ad preparing for the midterm elections already, and it was targeting QAnon and Republicans, and it goes like this. A conspiracy theory cue that took over the Republican Party sent followers to Congress and with Donald Trump incited a mob that attacked the Capitol and murdered a cop. That's how it starts. And it has all really? this imagery of people inside like the Capitol. Like it says murdered a cop? Yes, it says murdered a cop. And it's an us versus them thing. It, they wrap it up by saying this. They say the Republicans stood with Q, not with you. This is one step away from a World War II poster making the enemy, the Japanese, look like giant monsters about to step on children that you have to join a war to fight and kill. Yeah, with the bayonets. (laughs) Babies at the end of bayonets. This is pretty close to that. I mean, we're getting the demonization going on right now is intense and it's increasing. Well, did you see, I don't want to jump the gun, but did you see that story about Marjorie Taylor Greene being removed from the committees? Yeah. I have to say, I'll never forget that book you gave me early on in our relationship, which was uh, the Harold Laswell, was that the one, called like Freedom and National Security or something like that. And he talked about, I believe it was in that one from maybe the 50s, he talks about a lot of things. But one thing that really stuck with me is how he talked about making sure that all legislation, all federal legislation, all legislative action was in committees and that those committees then were controlled. And ever since then, I have felt that if it it may be in fact, but um, I guess it's not in fact unconstitutional, but I think it subverts the 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 representative nature of the constitutional system and it goes to what legal man has said many times and other people have said uh, that it does not scale it does not scale and this is a way that it does not scale there are too many too many people in congress um they represent too many people and then if they get further diluted by these committees so they kicked her off the committee which completely disenfranchises the people who elected her in my opinion yeah that's what i was wondering what happens if she gets removed from committees if she gets kicked out of office what does this say to the voters it says you have no power she doesn't get kicked out of office, so they can't do that. But what they can do is neutralize her power completely, which is just another layer of selection. So the people you get to vote for, OK, maybe and I don't believe it for a second, maybe she slipped by and got elected, even though the powers that be didn't want her there, but they can still neutralize her if you slip in. But of course, I don't think that she slipped in. The more her story unfolds, because she's in politics, but I did want to read. She one. made a public statement about yeah, can you. I read the, the one paragraph from her and then yeah. I'll give you the rest of the show. Um, 
She said, this was her statement, I was allowed to believe things that weren't true and I would ask questions about them and talk about them. And that is absolutely what I regret. She said, wearing a free speech mask. I walked away from those things. I have to say that again. What's the irony of that image, by the way? I noticed that image. Yeah. Her front and center wearing a mask, covering her mouth with free speech. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it would be okay if it were like a protest type thing. You know, that is the kind of thing that they, you know, walk around with duct tape because you're choked off. Yeah. But it, it is, I mean, it's, I can't even get my mind around the irony when you couple it with this statement, which I have to read again. I was allowed to believe things that weren't true. I would ask questions about them and talk about them. And that is what I regret. So believing things, asking questions, talking, uh, being allowed to believe things. I mean, the wording of this is is absolutely Orwellian. And uh, she says, if it weren't for the Facebook posts and comments that I liked in 2018, I wouldn't be standing before you today, like on the hot seat. And um, Democrats say her remarks fell short of, yeah, of an course. apology. Yeah, and, and just feel you can't apologize because it's always going to fall short. They're always going to demand more. I've heard probably three times today and ten times yesterday someone say, because they repeat the same thing, someone say, Marjorie Taylor Greene believes that Jewish lasers from outer space <laughs> yeah, like they just repeated that SNL lie over and over again which is not true it's not true <laughs> it, it says tr- it in here it says it says uh, she speculated that California wildfires were caused by layer lasers connected to the Rothschild yes family that is stuff. true as soon as I saw the Rothschild stuff trending last year I mean, you cannot tell you how many people send that to me. I was like, this is such a setup. Right. Just that differentiation, though, because what you just read is what she did. She speculated about what you just read. She didn't say Jewish lasers from outer space started the wildfires. Right, right. So uh, two things that are actually really important and outside of like just the salacious nature of, you know, watching (laughs) what's happening. Uh, it says Democrats said they had urged Republican leaders to remove Mrs. Green on their own, but GOP inaction forced them to hold the vote. So if what you're saying is we wouldn't take these measures, just like Biden said about um, getting rid of the filibuster, if you capitulate in every way, we won't have to make it obvious with a procedure violation or a procedure change. And that's that's the problem. I mean, that is all of this stuff goes against the intention of the Constitution. And then what Liz Cheney said, this is the real money. Uh, It said this vote sets a dangerous precedent for this institution that Democrats may regret when Republicans regain the majority. Now, that's not I mean, maybe maybe not. But the fact is, it's a dangerous precedent because it allows that hierarchy in Congress to and the majority gives them more power to neutralize a one congressional district's representative. Yeah. And speaking of irony as well, the Democrats supporting Dick Cheney's wife so adamantly is something that you never would have imagined you would have seen back when George Bush was president because they just hated Dick Cheney daughter. But it's or his daughter. Excuse me. It's so obvious because he is such a freaking deep stater. There's that like classic hidden video of him saying that he doesn't tell his constituents he's a member of the CFR like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, he's just—he's just straight up deep state. I'm, I'm no wonder she's always falls into line. I mean, that's the thing; these Republicans, these power mongers, they always go for the socialist answer anyway. Doesn't really yeah. matter. 
So we've been talking about how the alternative platforms that people move to once they're kicked off of Twitter and whatnot, kind of like Telegram, where Linwood has gone, are going to be the next target. Well, the New York Times today asked the question, are private messaging apps the next misinformation hotspot Telegram featured? That's what they're. This is what's going on. One, they're ticking them off one by one. So as people move around to the other platforms, then the media or some personality on there that does something salacious, it draws attention to it. People are going to be getting caught, kicked off of these platforms as well. I think they don't want. They want to control everything. They don't want speech they can't control anywhere. And in that same vein, there's an article today about funding hate and the focus of this article is about how white supremacists and other extremists raise money from legions of online followers and they shift different platforms that they go to to raise that money they talk about paypal how a couple years ago paypal started cracking down on hate we saw the paypal guy at the world economic forum then they talk about telegram all these other places they go to and then they get into the cryptocurrency they say the new thing that hate groups are using now is cryptocurrency because they wrongly believe that crypto Currency can't be tracked because they've been tracking cryptocurrency to track donations going to hate groups. They track them at the in and out points. So when you have the crypto and you want to pull your money out, you have to do it through a bank. That's where they find people. That was the Ross thing. Like that was why Ross is in jail because that that was using crypto on the dark web to get out of everything from taxation to surveillance to black market laws. So they that I don't know if it's been a honeypot or you know they had a limited hangout. They had to put it out there, allow it to flourish so they could move to digi dollars. I do not know, but when they're talking about these large groups of people, this dysfunctional subculture that needs to be addressed, this is not an American principle that you take cultures and eradicate them in advance before they do anything wrong. I think it's called prior restraints in some, yeah. in some like for First Amendment purposes and such. But they, so what I'm saying is, okay, they're saying these are dangerous people that we need to suppress before they get anywhere and my answer is no if these are dangerous people why why do you think they're dangerous what do you think they're all about do you think that they're mentally ill that there's this like weird wave of unexplained mental illness or do you think that they are suffering injustice like people like kissinger says one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter yeah. but but the way we have always the way the standard sophisticated legal principles allow liberty is you require an act you require someone to have an intention and an act. That's a crime. And then you prosecute that person. So prior restraint is a totally yeah. un-American thing to do. And that goes with just a headline. I'll read you from the AP that people have been talking about. Extremists exploit a loophole in social moderation. And I don't know if they mean moderateness or moderating social media podcasts. Yeah, they they want to target all these little crevices in society where people have gone to uh, express themselves, and they want to get rid of it. And you're right. Usually, they, they allow people to have their rights, but when you can label groups as domestic terrorists, then you can try and justify to your base taking away their rights. Somebody asked Jen Psaki today during the White House press briefing if they could define what a domestic terrorist is, and she completely dodged the question. Because they're not going to define it because they're going to apply it to people who undermine the narrative and who ask questions. If they define it, then that excludes people and they don't want to exclude people. They want to be able to rope anybody in who doesn't bend the knee. 
speaking of, I don't know, I had a bad transition there. No segue. <laughs> We're going to go straight in to David Hogg's story where David Hogg is starting a competing pillow company to to go against Mike Lindahl of my pillow and hog tweeted out that his pillow company the pillows will be union made in America so that's one union made and the company ah. will have an emphasis on supporting progressive causes he says that it will not attempt a white supremacist overthrow of the United States government his pillow company won't do that like he, oh wow that's yeah. great so what this is here I've been looking for a pillow company. yeah I, every time I go to sleep I'm like I have a hard time sleeping on this pillow knowing that it contributed to <laughs> capital six it was insurrection made by white supremacist yeah what a joke yeah it's i mean you take a, a cape i mean it off, is it's white it's doubles flush. as a hood pillowcase hood I, I guess that's the implication here <laughs> but what's going on here is is this is just another opportunity for david hogg to step in and see that my pillow guy isn't aligning with the great reset and He's like, well, I'll start a pillow company that aligns with a great reset that does the progressive initiatives. And I think this is going to be a trend. I think any company that doesn't bend the knee, you'll see a competing company that does the exact same thing, but puts progressive values and social justice initiatives at the forefront. I think a lot of these companies will emerge. And the way I see things happen out here in L.A., the, there's so much shame about like they can like the vaxxer thing somehow became if you're against vaccinations, you're pro-Trump, which is weird because the crunchy granolas out here should be objecting to that if they had any tie to their ideological roots. But it doesn't have to be forced. It's a virtue signal that it's beyond just signaling virtue. You're signaling anti-virtue if you don't do it. So it, yeah. it is. And it's that it's that soft fascism where it's the businesses yep. that are imposing the fascism, not the government that are imposing the business on you. It's very interesting. That's why I've been really loving the Rockfin stuff. So before we get to our last big story of the free 30, and for me, it's I want to tell you about another story that was weird. Three cops got shot by a guy barricaded in his house. I have a couple of red flags to share with you there, consistent with the theme I've brought up before. And a quick heads up on what we're bringing to the patron 15. Creepy, creepy Biden's pair a fee. If I'm saying that right, father and son in French. Office. Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm going to bring Biden's GQ, GQ profile. We'll compare it to how they covered Trump four years ago. So Can I say I do- one more thing? Do I have time real quick? I want to put this term out there. You like to coin terms. I think that what's going on with the cryptocurrencies and attacking the cryptos is domestic economic warfare. Okay. Like domestic terrorism going after that. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like sanctions on another country. Yeah. We'll have sh- to. Yeah. Get the damn glossary back up and running domestic. Right. I loved your glossary. E- email it to me and I'll, I'll I, it's going to be on my list. I've got a long list. I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to hit the ground and get that stuff back up and running. I would also, before we move on, offer a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. We have the Rye Guys. The Rye Guys have been a big sponsor of ours, and they have such a sophisticated commercial. I love it. People have actually complimented us on the commercial, and that is the one exception I will make. We're not going to play it today, but over time, we, we are not retiring the Rye Guys commercial but I would like to give him a personal shout out because I uh, I love their 
T-shirts, they're so funny and clever. And I'll tell you, when I wear it, I have a propaganda T-shirt that it's, you know, it's it's sophisticated, clever. You really got to read it. But I get comments from people, friendly comments all day long, how to make connections with like-minded people. So if you are sitting in front of a computer right now, go to RyeGuys.com while you're listening to the show. Just search their stuff. It'll give you a little lift, even if you don't buy anything. But if you do want to buy something for yourself, or a friend there, be sure to use the code PROP10 because then you get 10% off. But also, the Rye guys know that Propaganda Report listeners are trying to give back a little bit. And uh, and I also, I had this great idea. So, we've been trying to really build up the... Um, People listening to the show, like I really, when I saw that thing about podcasters, definitely going to be in the crosshairs. Um, I know people don't like Patreon. Like we have to do a lot of things to move. And if we have to move and just go complete subscription or totally underground, we need to bring as many people from that, you know, who, who we can reach before then. And I had some clever ideas, other people's ideas, some of my own. Not only have we already seen an uptick because you have answered the call to put reviews on the podcasting platform. I mean, we've gotten probably, I don't know, a handful of new reviews and it makes a difference very quickly. So if you haven't done that yet, please do that. But there are other ways. So I loved when Andrew Mickelson got us a shout out on Tim Pool's show. He shouted out us, Grimerica and No Agenda, and then we all played it. So then we got kind of like echoing shout outs at these great platforms and that was great. Or if like there's a great clip of our show that you want to send to your favorite podcaster, see if you get that played, that would really spread the word. And there's another another thing that people do is they call the the C-SPAN call open call line. Yes. And they, they shout out the names of their favorite podcasts and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm if that's my thing. It's a little aggressive, but whatever. So the other thing is that um, if you have a platform that you advertise on, like Bill has a or the neighbor's guy has a billboard. So he's going to see if he can put us up for a day on a billboard. And I'm happy to swap a day of sponsorship of the propaganda report for for uh, access to your platform. You give us a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. I just um, I'm spitballing here because I want to spread the word. I, I really feel like our number one priority for this year has to be to kind of maximize the reach because I'm just not sure how long we're going to be able to leverage big tech to grow. So that's my that's my little pitch. And just a big thank you to our many patrons and people who support us in, in all sorts of different ways. Even a kind word really goes a long way. It does. And with uh, without further ado, let us get on with the biggest story or the last story. Anyway, we have a lot of big stories today. Just um, there was the story of three cops getting shot in High Point, North Carolina. And there were two things that stuck out for me um, or maybe three depending on how you look at it. It was like a very sketchy story. So a cop was on patrol by himself. Uh, which is, of course, dangerous and I would hope unusual. He said he heard shots. He saw a man sitting on. So as he after he, he said that he heard shots. Now, I don't ever believe these official stories. I just don't. Um, but he said he heard shots. Then as he was driving around, he saw a man sitting on his porch. The man 
is suggested because he saw the cop went into his house, but maybe he was just going into his house. Then it was said that the man was seen through the window in his house with a gun. And then uh, a bunch of cops like in kind of hardcore, I guess, SWAT gear or something like that. A tactical team showed up by three, maybe from three to five a.m. Shots were fired. Three of those officers were wounded. And the last I saw, we didn't hear what happened to the guy inside. I I think maybe he's dead. I'm not sure that was confirmed. But so all those things do bear some kind of resemblance to the real fuzzy story that's coming out of Sunrise, Florida. So about the FBI reason issues. they they went there is because someone saw him with a gun inside. That is what I no no that 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 the cop the cop was on patrol. The cop said he heard shots. Oh, okay. then he said he saw somebody sitting on his porch. And then he said the guy walked into the house. Yeah. And then somebody else supposedly saw through the window at in the middle of the night that guy with a long gun inside his house. You yeah. know, I just it's weird for me people inside their houses shooting outside at cops with you know just it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy why they're there, what exactly happened. You know, I just don't like fuzzy stories so when they say well i heard yeah. shots mm, really let's let's put a little meat on those bones for me to believe the story but what the kicker was for me was that the only thing that was quoted about uh the cops i guess answering questions from from the press was the question uh how are the injured officers handling this emotionally. And I just think that's weird because that goes to the F the FBI story from earlier about Sunrise, Florida, where they hearken back to the 1986 shooting um, of two F shooting deaths of two FBI officers, agents, that that 1986 thing led to an uh, understanding and analysis of the impact on shooting. And then you had the Capitol cops who had suicide after January 6th. And they talk about the constant stress of being shot at. And I just there's a theme here, which I identified and it continues. And this is not a uh, this is not a story I looked for. This is a story that was on new. It was on Fox News headlines today. The mental health thing, that's part of the Great Reset, too. That's a metric that they want to apply. And it, and it really goes to the stuff of the people in uniform who might be domestic terrorists, might be white supremacists. Then at the same time, you have red flag laws. And one of the things that was highlighted in that 1986 FBI story was that those guys were, were special services, special forces, and they were presumed PTSD, presumed PTSD. So I just I feel like this is about neutralizing and disarming Anybody who's been in the service that doesn't fall in line yeah. or keeping whistleblowers down by calling them crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. There, there was uh, another story of a woman dying in a gunfight with cops yesterday while being served an eviction. That could also be roped into mental mental health type stuff. Yeah. And of course, the gun theme is going to come up because there's a Democrat there. So after right. <laughs> all that, I still have some shout outs. We go a little long today because it's Friday. 
I want to thank all of our new patrons and also one of our all-time top patrons or one of our all-time top patrons. I call him UKJJ. That's John. You know who you are. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. He's been a good, big fan and supporter since the beginning of the Monica Perez show. I mean, he would send me emails just like, you need to stand strong. Like, this is, you're awesome. (laughs) He's such a respectful and respectable person. I just really appreciate the support. Um, And all the new patrons. Patrons that we've gotten uh, over the last day or two, Nicole, Bert, Sherry, Chase, Lenore, Frank. So thank you for answering the call, folks. And then a big shout out from Joe, Big Joe Tundra says my shout out. And I think he's mocking my Brooklyn accent. My shout out is to you guys. Also, Pete. (laughs) Pete Q, no doubt. Tom Woods, Dave Smith, Scott Horton, and Ron Paul. My brain can't handle the barrage of BS coming out of reset land. I get so angry, (laughs) I literally see red. Somehow, all y'all can compartmentalize enough to analyze the crap and meet it out into bite-sized chunks that I can digest, all without going insane. It's a wonder to behold. If I dug half as deep as you do into this stuff, I don't think I'd ever get back into the light. Yous do more for my sanity than I could possibly express. Thank you from the bottom of my heart or the top of my bottom now to get me a good bunker digging shovel. So see, people love the shout outs. I love the shout outs. Big smiles at the end of the show. So don't forget to submit your shout outs, patron saints. And now on to the patron 15. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform of the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. You can also find our deep dive video podcast on rockfin.com propaganda report. We will talk to you all next week or in the patron 15 or tonight during the patron party. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 